Welcome back to the Curiously Guided Podcast, the place for intuitive business owners. We're your hosts, Mariah and Shay, and in this episode, we're diving deep into redefining consistency with our guest, Miranda Rodriguez. So Miranda is a, I mean, she's a friend at this point. Like she's just super fucking cool. I'm really glad that we have her on the podcast. We, uh, we all tend to click really easily and really well. Um, I got introduced to Miranda. It was probably maybe like a year ago now. And we've kind of just stayed in touch through Instagram and um, have worked together on a few things. And I just appreciate her, her personality and like the, the zest that she brings to like the, the marketing world. Like I just, we just really get along really well. And um, so what we did for this, we actually did a podcast swap. So we have this episode with Miranda where we really dive into like consistency. How often do you actually have to show up in your business marketing? Like what does consistency actually mean? Creating a marketing plan that works for you, like all of that. And then we actually, um, had uh we were on her podcast marketing for the uninhibited podcast me and Shay and we were talking about like fears in business and the conversations were just so good that Miranda came back and she was like hey do you guys want to host a workshop together and we were like uh fuck yeah easiest yes we've ever said in our entire lives so we're this is me teasing out the workshop so the workshop uh is going to be me Shay and Miranda. It's going to be at the end of September. I think it's going to be twenty two. Yep, September twenty second, twenty twenty two. So two 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 two. So many fucking twos. And the workshop is going to be about building an authentic marketing plan to help you grow your business. This isn't going to be like your normal fucking marketing workshop. I think if you guys are listeners here, you know kind of how we operate. We're really talking about like an authentic one that feels aligned. So if this is interesting to you in the least bit, make sure that you sign up for the wait list over at curiouslyguided.com slash marketing dash workshop. We will also leave the link to that in the show notes below. I really, this was my first chance getting to meet Miranda and talk with her. Mariah and her had uh, been friends previously. And I always think it's cool when you can meet someone and just hop in almost like y'all have known each other for your whole lives. And I felt like that. It was just like really easy and natural. And, you know, we were planning this workshop the other day, the three of us, and we were like, is this allowed to be this easy? Like, is this allowed to be this fun? And, and I hope that that energy, like pours through I'm sure it will with like your marketing gets to be fun and you know it can feel like ease not that it's everything's easy but it can feel not like a heavy burden and that's what I love about Miranda she Mariah and I are really attracted to people that are teaching us how to do things our own way you know like with our gifts and our skill sets and not trying to teach us this step-by-step perfect framework that worked for them so Miranda is um Uh, walking that walk, if you will. And that's exactly the strategy that she uses with her clients. And it was fun to get in, you know, you guys know that Mariah and I have some thoughts about the idea of consistency. So it was really fun to dive into this topic with someone else who views marketing kind of like we do. And it was a really fun conversation. So, um, and this is a bonus. We're going to read Miranda's bio right now. If y'all want an example of a bio that is just mm, chef's kiss, 
<laughs> pause and like re-listen to this and write it down. It is so good. Okay. Miranda Rodriguez is a marketing strategist that provides business coaching and consulting for product-based entrepreneurs and specialty service providers, as well as the host of the Marketing for the Uninhibited podcast. She's passionate about liberating small business owners from their sphinx of a marketing plan that's got them feeling uncomfortable, restricted, and gasping for air. She knows small marketing steps can achieve big business dreams, and she's here to help you do just that. She lives in Aurora, Illinois with her fiance, Marshall, stepdaughter, Rebel, and dog, Odin. And with that, let's dive in. Okay. We are so excited to have Miranda on the podcast today. Um, Yeah. Miranda is literally like probably one of my favorite humans, especially in the online space. We actually got connected. I think she found one of my YouTube videos for Google analytics. And then she like slid into my Instagram DMS or maybe in my email. And she was like, yo, what's up? Um, I love your shit. And do you want to hop on a coffee chat? And then I ended up doing like an SEO intensive with her and we've kind of just stayed connected for for quite some time and she's just like a marketing genius when it comes to helping creatives and small business owners and i just really love her her authenticity and her honest perspective and she also brings the intuitive side into the business world which i mean you guys know that we love this shit (laughs) so miranda thanks for thanks for coming on here Thank you so much for having me. Yes, I slid in your DMs and then you came on the podcast. Oh yeah, then, yeah, that's right, your podcast. Mm-hmm. And then I think, and then we worked together and the rest is history. And I, you know, I found you because I had a client who was struggling with SEO. And then I was like, okay, of all the, all the search results that came up on YouTube, Mariah is the coolest. Like she's the one who gets it. And so then I sent that to Jenny and she like, I don't know if she ever worked with you, but she definitely watched the videos. Oh my God. I love that. You know what? And that's shameless plug here. That's why I fucking love long form searchable content. Like I created that video so long ago and it just like brings people to me and like not just regular people. Like I work with the coolest fucking people. So yeah, like just trusting in the magnetic aspect that we can't see you know what i mean of just like how like energy attracts like energy all of that good shit but miranda do you want to take us back a little bit like how did you even get started in business like what what got you here what what has your journey been like goodness um i have been in the sales and marketing world for over 12 years now and i So I live in Illinois currently in a suburb of Chicago and I grew up here. Um, And then after college, I got like a Fortune 500 corporate sales role. And then I was there for a year and a half. And then I was part of their first round of nationwide layoffs. So um, I, it was a sweet gig out of college. I had a company car, like they drove it from the lot to my house. Like the tags were actually on the car. What? Yeah. I had a bonus structure. I mean, like, so when I lost my job, I didn't just lose the job. Like I lost, I lost my potential future. Like I was house hunting, apartment hunting in Chicago, trying to move out of my mom's house. And then I lost my vehicle, um, you know, so, and like everything was paid for with the cars, like car insurance, maintenance, checkups, gas, like all of it. So um, when I lost that job, and I honestly, it was a blessing because I was miserable there, but it was a sales role and there was a lot of time spent in the car. 
Um, and then after that, I just, I had a friend living in Virginia Beach, Virginia at the oceanfront and they had just kicked out a roommate and she's like, we have a room, you know, like it's pretty fun down here at the beach. So I went for 4th of July weekend and then I decided like, yeah, I think I can do that. So six weeks later I had bought a car and I drove that car halfway across the country to the oceanfront. And, um, I stayed there for four, four years and oh, wow. six months at six months, I was ready to leave. I had a toxic job doing marketing for a salon and I walked out of there when they asked me to do the, the taxes to like file the W9s for their hairdressers. <laughs> like, I think this is above my $12 an hour pay grade. Um, so then I ended up getting a job at a retirement community in their marketing and sales department. And that was my favorite job I think I've ever had next to running my own business. And, um, it was, it was just awesome. I got to drive a golf cart. They were a co-op. So like the seniors living there had a say in every department. So like in, they had to vote on things. They had committees for like the grounds crew and the marketing and, um, so it was just really fun and they had a very, very big marketing budget and marketing team. And I felt like for the first time ever, that was where I went to school for marketing. Um, I've been interested in marketing since high school. So, but like post-college, I felt like that was the first time ever that I got to see how an entire marketing department operates and they hired in a lot. They had a lot of freelancers on staff. They had a graphic designer, a copywriter, a PR specialist, a photographer, a creative, like just kind of like a creative director. Um, they had a marketing director and then I was the assistant and then we had a whole sales team. And so it was just, it was really fun because they had this huge team. And then for a retirement community, they were like pioneering all of these things. Like they had an app and they had, you know, so it just, it was really, really fun. Um, and it was all female executive leadership like from the top down minus the director of operations, everyone else was female. So I just, it was just really fun to be a part of that. And then it just kind of started to turn South and they started anyway, I, it was my time to go. Um, and at the time I was like, I think I can move home now too. You know, like my friends were getting married there and moving away from the beach. So it just kind of seemed like an end of an era. And so I moved back home. Um, I did an 11 state eight day road trip through the South by myself to get home. And that was really, really fun. I, I did a three month hiatus and I tell everyone it was like the funnest, drunkest, tannest I'll ever be in my life <laughs> <laughs> and fittest because I had nothing to do. So I was just like working out and then going to the beach, you know? Um, so it was amazing because I had like a farewell tour of Virginia beach and I still have a lot of friends there. Um, and then I got to see like the entire South. I drove South along the East coast and then across the southern United States and then up through um, Mississippi, Missouri, and then Arkansas, Illinois. Um, and then anyway, I came back here and I worked at a restaurant and I was like serving tables with my brother. He'd been there like 10 years um, serving tables. And then after two months, they were like, hey, the owner, they're hiring for a marketing person upstairs. Do you want to apply? And so I did, and then um, I became the marketing director of a five-star restaurant that had been there for 30 years. And I was in a department of one. And so that's where I decided I was able to hire in, and you, you two will know this too, like 
you can hire in so much tactical marketing help. You can hire someone to build your website. You can hire someone to write the copy. You can hire someone to send the emails or schedule the posts and do all these things. But I could not hire someone like high level to come in and help me with the strategy and the big picture and the branding and to just kind of help me hold that vision. And there was no one in the restaurant I mean, restaurant life is like, they're very much focused on what's happening in the restaurant and marketing is like, they know they need it, but they don't really give you the time of day to talk about it. <laughs> so I just, um, at that point was like, yeah, this is missing. Like how many small business owners are spending just like throwing money out the window, paying someone to do a website, but they have no fucking clue how that fits into their overall marketing strategy or the messaging is inconsistent or the way it makes the customers feel is inconsistent. Um, so in my, the boss there was very, it was a very toxic environment. Um, so after two years, I, I was back home living with my mother and I was like, mom, I think I'm going to do this. Like, I think I'm going to try to start my own business. Can I stay another year to try and get this off the ground? And so in the same meeting that I quit my marketing director role with the owner of the restaurant, I pitched him on being my first client and he accepted. So that was it. It was like a six week timeline, you know? Um, and it was a win-win cause he didn't have to pay my salary or benefits anymore. And I didn't have to be there five days a week. We agreed, you know, I had like a, I knew he was going to go low. He was very cheap. And so I had like a minimum hourly rate. And I just basically said like, I will not go below this cause he was trying to negotiate. And so we came to a good compromise. Um, it was, it felt very like business businessy, you know? There was a lot of negotiating and there was a lot of uh, back and forth and I cried because, <laughs> because it felt like just so big, like so heavy to, I don't like quitting jobs anyway because I'm a people pleaser. So I always feel like I'm letting someone down when I do that, even if it's the right thing for me. So I will go through with it, but it doesn't mean that, you know, it's easy. And so that was, that was like to speak to our topic today like one of the first one of the first times where I was like really aware of my intuition and like listening to it because I think if I you know looking back I can point to all these times in my life where I was like yeah that was my intuition or um like when my time came to leave Virginia Beach I just knew like it I just knew it was time you know um but in that case it was very clear like and I think for the first time ever I was willing to like slow down and take the right steps like talking to my mom will I have free housing for the next year <laughs> like you know and putting all these pieces in place and then to the point where like I had it down to the day like I knew what day I would talk to him and I knew what day would be my last day as their director um and then from there I they stayed on as a client it was really like a part-time job I had to be there two days a week but it floated me and um for a year they were a client and then during that time i picked up um, nights and weekends working in their events department bartending and serving weddings so i did that for a long time and then um i think the last one i worked was december 2019 i had quit before and they needed help so they called me in and then i was like oh yeah i'm never coming back here like <laughs> goodbye Thank you. Thank you. It served me well and we had a lot of fun, but um, yeah. So I, I mean, I did that for a long time. I worked six days a week and, and then I like kind of pivoted 
And right before the pandemic, I um, had a corporate events contract. And so that was like helping me. But then since the pandemic, that was like forced me to go full time into my business, which was really scary. So tell me about like, I love that you shared a lot of really like wise things in there. (laughs) Really, I want to reflect back to you how you pivoted from the secure quote unquote nine to five into what you're doing now is smart where you gave yourself quite a bit of safety net. You know, you're Mm -hmm. negotiating with a current client. So we already have some revenue lined up. We're Mm -hmm. finding a free place to stay. So we like have our bills lined up. I think when you can give yourself that kind of peace of mind, especially in your first few years of business, it's just monumentally helpful instead of like expecting you know, if you, uh, I mentioned this a lot, but my husband and I both quit our full-time jobs and then started the business. And that was a lot of responsibility <laughs> to put on a brand new business. So I love that your journey was very, um, like calculated in a good way. You know, really you were thinking mm-hmm. about sustainability. You were thinking about your intuition and like what felt right. So tell me about, you know, now that you've had time in and time out, uh, what are your big reflections on, you know, working inside someone else's team for marketing versus being out on out on your own i mean i think my biggest thing is if you if you don't address it the problem doesn't go away and so like the the restaurant i worked for you know they'd been in business for 30 years and i just got an email from them and it is the same template that i was given you know that had been there and so it's like they never they never change anything but then they always expect different results. And Mm, that is problematic. And so when you are in an environment like that and you're encouraged to be the one to change it, you know, in that type of environment, everyone, it might, it felt like everyone was shitting on me. Like, you don't know. And he, and the owner literally said one time, like, you don't, you're nothing more than a marketing student. Like, I can't believe we pay you as much as we do. And they were paying me like $50,000, you know, salary and so it wasn't like some crazy amount of money um and he had he had really high expectations but then wouldn't let anyone change anything and so now when I work with entrepreneurs we have a lot more flexibility because I work with very small businesses so if they're not the decision maker they are you know it's a partnership of some kind like they don't have to run it up the flagpole and so um now with small business owners it's like okay yeah if you want to see these changes it's going to take big changes within yourself like in a lot of times these are not what people think in terms of marketing it's not the consistency it's not sticking to a post you know posting schedule every day i had a client tell me recently she was doing a reels challenge and i was like okay that's wonderful but your clients aren't coming from reels you know so you're spending all this time trying to figure out reels and you've committed to this challenge, but I wish you would commit to just talking to more people about your business, you know? And so there- What do you are- mean reels are the only way to grow a business? What do you mean? And I, listen, I've had fun with reels and they can get you great reach, but like for, and there are some people who are, reels are bringing in business, but for a lot of these people who are just starting, especially if you're just starting out in the beginning, it's, yeah, it's not, and it's not the only way. You can choose to do that. You can choose to grow your business on Instagram, but you don't have to. And that's where it's now when I'm working with these entrepreneurs and these business owners, I can help them articulate what they want. And some of them, they don't want that. And so that's where like, and when you work in a corporate marketing environment, it is 
largely what they want is sales. They want to drive traffic, right? When I work with these individual business owners, that might not be their only motivating factor. It could be schedule freedom. It could be flexibility so they can go get their kids. Like right now I take Mondays off and Fridays are a no meeting day. They're reserved for ketchup or <laughs> summer plans, you know, like um, whatever it is in my, my stepdaughter's home on Mondays in the summertime. And so we're, we're in a farm class. We do all, <laughs> like fun stuff on Mondays. And so I think what I have realized is like just being able to help people because I was able to articulate that. Like, I do not want to work in this toxic environment any longer. I have worked for a couple fortune 500 companies. I didn't love that either, you know, so the money wasn't worth it, even though like some of the perks were better. And then I worked at that boutique retirement community and that was awesome, but it still had the same hoops to jump through. So at the end of the day, it was like, what do I want? And being okay with like the opinions and the judgments of others. Like I was the first one out of my, in my family to go to college. And then I walked away from a corporate safe marketing career, mm -hmm. you know, to do it on my own. And so that's, so I've been like coaching myself through all of this, this whole time. And now I can hold space for others to do that. Yeah. Okay. Hold on. First off, farm class. You're going to have to tell me what the fuck that <laughs> yeah, is about. Yeah, me too. I, I, I was like, let's talk about farm class. <laughs> it's awesome. Um, there's a boutique farm. I call her a boutique farm. I'm sure she does not call herself that, but um, it's a homesteading family and they have, they are like renovating and bringing back to life a farm in the area and they just host all these classes. And so we got in the, the and she books up fast. Um, so this is just like my stepdaughter goes and the parents go um, and they get to like feed the chickens and play with the goats and they get to learn how to like catch and pick up and carry chickens. Um, and then they also learn about, they planted microgreens this week and then they also retrieved eggs. We got to take an egg home from the chickens and then um, she always takes them to the garden at the end and they can pick like a cucumber, zucchini or whatever is ready to harvest. Okay. Okay. Two things. A, how fucking cool. Like yeah. that's fucking cool. I've yeah. literally been wanting to uh, learn how to like provide for myself in that way. So I wish somebody around here would put together a fucking farm class. Number yeah. two, what a beautiful example that you can literally make money doing whatever the fuck you want to do. Bring people in, teach them what you know, or if you don't want to teach, like have them come in and fucking pick up chickens and help you walk around. Like, it, what a beautiful I mean, example that the possibilities truly are endless. She, and I, I was happy to pay this and I'd pay, pay it again every time. So, I mean, just like the structure of it and the volume of it, cause it's out on the farm. Like it's, it's like $135 for six weeks and the class is 45 minutes once a week. And we go and walk around her farm. You know, it's like very, and she reads a book to the kids every time. And so obviously like her work, her backend work there where she's making the money is like all of the time she spends cultivating that entire lifestyle for her family and then showcasing it to the world. So it's awesome. That, yeah, I love Frenchie Farm if anyone's in Illinois is what it's called. I pay almost that much money to go to a yoga class and like pick lavender in a field for, and it's one class, it's two hours. So easy, I would easy do yes. that. Yeah, totally.
Well, also, I just want to say like kudos to you. I think one thing we talk about a lot of value for a lot of us is that time independence and having mm -hmm. time. Um, I have found this summer I've said I, I now have time and I'm not making the best use of it. You know, I would <laughs> like to go take a class and mm -hmm. I just kind of sit here and I don't know, play dumb stuff on my phone. So you are inspiring me. Like the space is here. We've got some summer space. Let's actually do the class. That feels like way to get out there and do the thing. I love to hear that. You know, that was like really important to me. I mean, it's something I'm in therapy. I've been in therapy for a long time, but like it's something and before that was life coaching, but this um, sense of urgency, like when you work in the corporate world, there is always a false sense of urgency. And when you realize like, oh, you know, it's just my, it's my timeline and being okay and comfortable with that where it's been an active practice to like um, go, I never, okay, I would never plant flowers before. Like I love gardening. I love planting vegetable seeds. It's something my stepdaughter and I, well, this year she told me she wanted to do her own thing, but like, it's something we used to do together. And then it was so fun because like she planted those seeds and then I could go have her harvest you know, the basil and the tomatoes for dinner, and then we're eating it together. And so it was like a full circle thing. Um, but I would never plant flowers because I thought like, what a waste of time. You can't eat these flowers, you know, who cares? And then this year, I, I, I had this vision like right behind us. Oh, actually, I should have checked. It's probably bloomed. But um, for the back of the house, I wanted sunflowers because it's full sun exposure. And it's just like an ugly part of the house. And so I planted a whole flower bed this year from seeds and they're all starting to bloom and it's like the most gratifying thing ever. And so though these little things like force me to slow down and to pause because now in the morning I'll take my coffee out there like after the dog walk and I'll just like look at my flowers <laughs> and you know and check in and it's it's very grounding and it's also I think it's just a lesson too and just like the little joys of life like how often we talk ourselves out of those things um and being okay with that and and then really realizing like sometimes i get my best marketing ideas out there or like a client problem maybe i've been thinking about like something will come to me and then i'll text them about it and so giving yourself that space within your schedule like people call it white space on your schedule or just like in your brain where you you know don't have your phone or anything else distracting you i think is really important for creativity absolutely absolutely and send me your human design chart after we get off this because there might there might be a thing in there that points to why that's so helpful for you i'm yeah, sorry i can't me. help myself i no. I'll, I'll 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 explain after after i look at your chart yeah. but i did want to kind of talk about this false sense of urgency because mm -hmm. I feel like this kind of correlates into this need of like quote unquote consistency of posting every day just to post because it's like I feel like so many of us have learned that what marketing is, is like being consistent, right? And like, there is absolutely truth to that. You can't just like fucking show up once every six months and then expect like the floodgates to open and your books to be booked out. But this false sense of urgency, it's like this, this thing where it's like, we have to do it right now. And if we don't do it right the second, we're not going to get results. And then we, we keep that like bottled up nervous energy moving forward day after day after day. And it's this false urgency of like, if we don't do it now, then we're not going to be successful. And it's like consistently doing things to prove either to the world or to ourselves that like, we know what we're doing or, Hey, look, I'm marketing because I'm posting every day. 
Mm -hmm. And that, okay, so the, the biggest shift for me and along these lines of like the sense of urgency and rushing and when I realized like, because I was working in life coaching for a long time about rushing is a, rushing is a mindset. Like it has nothing to do with actually, with the actual speed with which you're doing things. It's just like this stress, like you were saying, Mariah, this buildup of anxiety inside of you and you feel like you're moving faster. So I tested my theory one day and um, I had a workout and it was a timed workout and it was like 75 burpees for time, right? And I was tired that day. And this is something at the time I was doing it once a week. So I was like comparing to the week before. And so I had benchmark times and I was just tired. So I thought, I'm just not going to rush it. Like, I'm just going to take my time. It's only me. If I'm slower than last week, it's fine. And I fucking beat the week before. And it was like, it blew my mind. Like, so I calmed down and I slowed down and I actually moved faster. And that was a game changer for me in terms of like the rushing because if, and then I thought okay if this applies in this setting where I'm tracking and I'm you know timing everything what else am I where else am I causing these unnecessary problems where I'm rushing with nowhere to go and it's actually slowing me down and so that's when I started to just kind of pay attention to how I was moving with things and that goes to it speaks to the energy that you bring to the activities that you do and so if you are rushing your marketing timeline or rushing your I mean first of all we all get to define what consistent means to us in our business and that's one of the first things I do with my clients is like okay what's your schedule look like because you're putting all this pressure on yourself one to like get it done in a certain timeline and two because you think you should be doing all of these things all the time and maybe your schedule can't support that you know um, I work with a lot of moms and so like if your kids are especially some that have older kids and their kids are in sports, like you become a taxi driver at some point as a mom, like a full-time taxi driver. And so I'm like, okay, well, what do we have time for while you're waiting in the car to pick kid one up from practice and take kid two back home or, you know, and um, so redefining consistency and what it means to them in their schedule. And then also like helping them once we do that, then they can pay attention to the energy with which they're moving because they don't feel so pressured and so rushed. And then getting them to a place where it's like, okay, now we've identified a big goal, but there's no timeline. And so like, we always have a minimum, like as long as you're meeting the minimums, you can pay your bills, or you can take care of yourself and your family. The rest is just like a bonus, like we'll get there, you know, when we get there. Does that answer the question? I feel like I want Oh my gosh, you're sharing so much wisdom right now. First of all, just the idea that <laughs> by calming down and slowing down it can actually be a catalyst for growth that is like what i needed to hear today so thank you for sharing that because i i definitely have the uh, you know it's funny i've kind of detached from the idea of consistency and marketing in the way that i think we would all define it but then i'm noticing myself i have this belief of consistency in my business and if i am not showing up every day and sitting at the computer that means i'm not being productive which means my business isn't growing and i'm missing out on opportunities you know and so what you're saying is no quite the opposite is true and i know you're right you know and it takes a bit of like I'm going to create the space and I'm going to honor the space and I'm going to set boundaries around the space, you know, and allowing it to be, um, because you're right. Like that is the magic of all of this. We cannot force the timeline. You, you know, you can't speed it up, you know, and a lot of us sit here just kind of like, 
we, I think we're taught like, if you hustle hard, hustle hard, that's the good thing. Yeah. And the harder you hustle, the more you'll get. And I certainly subscribe. I mean, I feel like that's the core programming a lot of us get. So it's hard to detangle from that. And then I'm noticing it popping up in a lot of different areas of my life of like, oh, I, this business has to be so urgent and, and I'm frustrated because I don't have it all now, you know, and, and I'm, it must be because I'm not showing up consistently or whatever, you know? So I think that there's just something really beautiful to that idea of like slowing down. And then what keeps coming up to me on the, is the metaphor you brought up around the garden earlier, you know, gardening is consistency, right? It's such a beautiful yeah. metaphor. And I've always described my marketing practice as more of like, I'm planting seeds and I'm watering my seeds and I'm letting them grow, you know, and checking in on them again. So like when you talked about visiting your flowers and appreciating that, the same can be true for your marketing system. And I think that's such a beautiful metaphor of in like the long-term kind of vision of like, even though you may not, this may not pay off, right? That's something that I've, I've noticed my coaching clients struggle with a lot of like, okay, I did the marketing thing for two weeks. Why don't I have a full book to, like a full schedule booked? And it's like, well, it, sometimes it can take years. You know, a lot of this stuff is very much like building your networking and building relationships. And then eventually that kind of creates this organic momentum that like folds in on itself and turns into something really cool. But again, you can't force it and you can't rush it. And a lot of times it looks like going out there and watering seeds when the sun's blaring yeah. down and picking weeds and it's no fun, right? And we don't see that on Instagram. So I just want to say that I really appreciate the visuals that you brought into that because that um, I've always had this gardening marketing metaphor and you kind of like pulled it all through. And I think there is something <laughs> beautiful there for us to learn. So I love all that. I did a whole podcast episode about gardening and marketing. And it was no way. I'm best. sorry. I didn't know that. Okay. <laughs> no, no, this is perfect because it is a perfect metaphor because look, there are some days where I'm out there and I'm weeding and I'm like sweating and I'm watering, but then there are sometimes like I planted lavender this year and it didn't come up and I don't know why. I have no idea what happened. Everything else came up. Maybe it got choked out underneath, you know? And it's just like, all right, cool. Am I going to stress about the lavender not coming up when I have all of these other flowers that did come up? Or, you know, or am I just going to move on and enjoy these flowers? Because not it was an experiment. So I really treat gardening as an experiment. And I hold it very loosely because I am a planner and a strategist by day, you know? So it's like really important for me to have that um, like opposite relationship somewhere with creativity. Yeah, like the surrender. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and then I also learn a lot from it and it's been helpful for my clients too. And then um, in the episode, I talk about how like boundaries are like garden fencing because it's not, we're not saying we don't want to see you or we don't want to be with you. We're just saying we'd do better if we had a little more space. And that goes for client relationships, that goes for even boundaries for yourself and like your activities in the day. Um, like it's, I'm sure you all know too, like when you're creating, when you're trying to shift gears, marketing your business and you're going from like writing your copy to creating the content to, you know, I find it helpful to do separate those tasks and like, okay, we're going to write today or we're going to record today, or we're going to like, whatever the task is, it helps me to just show up more fully in each one of those areas. And it's kind of the same with gardening. Like if you were trying to weed and water and plant all at once, like it, it just, it gets messy. So it's like, all right, today I'm going to weed for 20 minutes on my lunch break. And then that's good enough for today. And honestly, we've been so lazy with the garden this year and you cannot see it, but right out this window, there's a sunflower peeking over the roof of the back den. Like they're so tall. Um, and so it's just, 
it's been the dog stepped on one and my stepdaughter sometimes she's like the most profound person I've ever met and she was like look at how strong that flower is the dog stepped on it and it is still growing and it is it's like it comes up and then he stepped on it. So it's like flat for a foot and then it's straight up in the air. And I was like, I know it's incredible, right? <laughs> and she's like, so it's like these moments where you think like, oh, okay, what's been stepped on in my business? And now like, I just threw it out. You know, I could have pulled mm. that flower a long time ago, but I didn't. I was like, well, we're going to see what happens here and it's fine. And so it's again, like not rushing the process and so much of it in business and in marketing, because everyone wants, listen, we all have to pay our bills. We all have to make a living. And so I understand the sense of urgency there comes from providing for your family. And so in those cases, I think it's important to talk about like the safety nets that we put in place when we start a business or other options. Like there's no shame in going to get a part-time job so you can pursue this without pressure, you know? Yeah. Um, and that's where, because people used to come to me and say, well, I just need to make money. And I would say, then go get a job mm -hmm. because this is a long-term solution. Yep. Like we will make you money. And I have helped clients make money for sure into grow sustainable businesses. But a lot of times when they come to me, they have some sort of other income at first, a part-time job, a full-time job. Um, they're selling on Etsy, you know, whatever it is, there's, they're scrappy, you know, they're hustling to pay the bills. And now we're in a place where we're going to get a little more strategic with it. Yeah. It's like just having that, having that bread and butter mm -hmm. that can help you pay your bills. Yeah. I mean, I had a part-time job when I first started too. Like I was bartending and I also was very lucky to live at my parents' house for an extended period of time. And I was laughing when you were saying your story because you were very polite and asked your parents if you could stay. <laughs> and I was just like, yo bitches I ain't leaving <laughs> until my business is good enough so I mean like I'll let you know when like I'm out but yeah. I just yeah I, I thought that that was very polite of you to ask permission to stay at your mom's house because I was like sorry mom you gave birth to me and I'm not fucking leaving I'm not leaving my, we were my mom and I are not good roommates we're too similar so it was a kind of like can we grin and bear this a little bit longer so I can like fulfill this dream or are we going to kill each other? <laughs> oh my God. But the family dynamics, that, that can definitely be a whole episode oh, on yeah. its own. Um, <laughs> so I love this garden metaphor and we're definitely going to leave the link, shoot me over the link to that podcast mm -hmm. episode so I can put it in the show notes for people. Because I think like the more that you two are talking about it, the more I'm like, holy fuck, this literally is the perfect metaphor for it. Because yeah. like in the beginning, when you're gardening, you have to rototill, mm -hmm. you have to like do all, you have to figure out how big you want this garden, like dig yeah. holes. I remember rototilling and I thought it was like the easiest thing ever just looking. And I was like, <laughs> to my dad, I was like, idiot. I could do this in like a second. I'm doing it. And I'm like, my body is shot and I've been doing it for three minutes. <laughs> like, it's okay. Yeah. It's, it's funny. But in the beginning, there is so much that you have to do to even prep the land. As we say, prep the foundation. A sustainable business needs a solid foundation and so does a fucking garden. And when you take the time to rototill to make sure that the soil is really nourished, you don't have to spend so much time then later going back to like figure out little band-aid solutions to re-nourish the soil. So it's like later down the line when you're picking the 
picking the flowers, picking the fruit, whatever you're growing in the garden, you're not doing as much as you did in the beginning of the business. But that's also interesting to witness too, because I feel like a lot of times in business, we'll stand there and me and Shay talk about this, where it's like, we're standing here and like, let's say we're holding a coffee and we're looking at our garden, which is the business. And then we're looking around like, hmm, what can I do? My garden's not going to grow. My business is not going to grow if I'm not doing anything. There's got to be weeds. There's got to be weeds around here. Maybe I got to re-road until maybe I should rip it all up and then fucking start again because fuck it. Because it's like, we're not comfortable sitting there with a coffee in our hands and looking and being like, how fucking cool that I have nourished these plants, grown them from a seed or like grown our business, Mm -hmm. been in business seven years. And then it's like, I'm questioning why I'm having clients come in consistently. And like, it feels uncomfortable that I don't have to like be doing everything that I would do in the beginning of a business. Like, it's just so interesting how like we're trained to crave that, that urgency to crave that that do, do, do that extra productivity or like that consistency of something. But it's like, how cool that when you have the garden and it's blooming, you don't have to focus so much on that consistency. Like when you did in the beginning, the consistency is different. And I just think that that's cool. Totally. And like, I mean, we can keep going with this metaphor all day, but then, so there are like two other points. So the one is like the, there are days I don't water and I know that it's going to rain. Right. So it's like trusting that the universe is going to take care of this for me. It's going to be the consistent one for me. And, and really trusting that nature has its own cycles because sometimes I have to remind myself like these are plants, they're resilient, they're going to be fine. And then if they're not, Oh, well, we'll start again next year, you know? And, and then the other thing is like so many people make the barrier to enter anything new business especially since we're talking about business we could talk about gardening we could talk about podcasting any new marketing action they want to take like let's talk about podcasting they think like i have to go get this fancy microphone i have to get these headphones i have to get the setup i have to do all these things or like gardening like yeah you could go and buy the fancy gardening tools i had a client one year her homework was to like do a creative activity she's a she's a creative by trade she makes things products and sells them. And I was like, I need you to just make something that you don't sell something that's not connected to business. So she said she was going to plant a flower garden. She went and she bought all the tools. They made all these beautiful flower boxes for their backyard. I mean, she really put a lot of time and effort into planning out. She had the vision for the flowers and the plan. And then she, she had a puppy and that puppy dug, he dug all that shit up and she like (laughs) texted me. She was hysterical. She was not speaking to her family that day. She was so upset. And the only person she texted was me and was like, I, I just, this was my thing. And I'm like, I, I mean, of course I coached her differently, but like, she just held it onto it so tightly and she put so much pressure on it. And then, you know, puppies are assholes too. And they're curious and I'm shocked my dog hasn't destroyed more of my garden, but that's just the way it goes. But, and in my mind with my garden, because I am so unattached to the results sometimes it's like, it's a bummer. You do that work, but thank God I didn't go out and buy the lumber and build the boxes and do all of this. You know, I think sometimes we, we think that 
buying the things or the fancy things is going to give us the results we want. We're doing it, it perfectly. Yeah, doing it perfectly. That's what it is, right? It's perfection. And that's not, that's not it at all. Like if you, if you launch something or you start a garden with nothing, with the tools that you have, you know, and some seeds and some dirt and like you rake it. And that's all I did last year. And we're like, we're going to see if this spot works because I didn't even know if it would be good for the plants. And it flourished last year. Like we had more vegetables than I knew what to do with. We were getting more seedlings too, because my stepdaughter was in charge and she just dumped the whole packet in. So we were like, I spent like a whole day weeding out seedlings, but that's the thing is like, can you put a seven and seven year old in charge? Is it going to work? And it worked like, you know, that people, they put so much pressure on their first try. And so in forgetting that it's a rough draft, like in what version of any school or anything or that we do is the rough draft, the one that is like the final version, like you have to keep doing it and keep trying. And, and then that's where you see people's level of commitment come through. Mm-hmm. And then you're able to identify like, oh, this isn't about the tactics. This is like your level of commitment to what you want to do. And that's a different conversation. Yeah. I, you know, I think that there's something here too about, um, well, first of all, when we were talking about this idea of perfectionism, I got the, and I do this too. How many times have we felt like when you're starting something new in business, you have to buy all the courses and learn every single thing you can learn about it and, you know, do a million beta rounds and and get all the perfect things, just perfect, just to have it perfect. When really the answer probably was just like fail fast and fail early Mm -hmm. and recover. Right. And so I do think that there's, um, that metaphor again translates over to the business world as well as this idea of detaching from outcome and diversifying. So what you're saying is plant a lot of different things, do experiments, see what works. Um, Some things know that some things are going to die and know some things are going to flourish and you got to kind of be open and see what happens. And I think Mm -hmm. that's really beautiful. And I think we can, I'm thinking about my business and how can I like (laughs) diversify my marketing and then detach from the results at the same time. It's like, such a clear crossover to me and I think that idea of detaching from results is just like the urgency and the hustling Mm -hmm. you are not winning or failing based on these results you're getting right and there is no rush you know we're not in the sprint with each other you know ideally our lives are long and we have some time with this so I think that's really beautiful um you know and I think that's such a it's easy to say, but it's a practice because I get it. Like logically I get it. I can say I want to do that, but like how often am I finding myself still caught up in like the, the wins and the money and the, what I want out of all of this. And so, um, I don't know, just, I think that idea of detaching from outcome is really beautiful, but hard to achieve if that makes sense. Yeah, totally. Go ahead. Uh, I was going to say, interesting, Miranda, I would, I would love your, your perspective on this since you've worked with a lot of small, well, mm-hmm. small, all different size business owners. So we always say diversify your marketing. Mm-hmm. Okay. But what about the people that don't have a lot of time? And then it's like, okay, well, I want to do SEO. And I heard Pinterest was good. And I heard this and it's like, I want to diversify. And I heard that all of these different things were great. And I would like to bring in different income streams, but it's like, if they only have a small chunk of time, like how do you help your clients either figure out where to start or like 
how much time should you commit to one thing before you then move out and diversify to another thing so that all of your eggs aren't in one basket? Does that make sense? Yeah, totally. Because that's a problem that everyone has is just being overwhelmed. Like where, because we, we do marketing and sales, you know, this is what we talk about all the time. So I think we're much more well-versed in this conversation than like the someone out there who's making and selling their own candles and like they're growing, you know, maybe it, that is how they're making their money, but what do they do to grow to the next level? And so this is where I, this is the crossroads where I come in with clients and helping them figure this out. So the number one, there are a few ways, a few questions I ask, but the first one is like, who, who is their ideal target audience? I mean, because that's going to immediately kind of narrow the playing field, depending on who you're talking to. And that's going to say like, okay, then yeah, you need to show up here or show up here. And I had one client and she kept talking. She had hired a whole like branding agency, I mean, she had spent a lot of money on marketing before she got to me and it wasn't giving her the results that she wanted. And then when I started asking her about who she thought was buying her products and then who actually were buying the, the things, um, she, we realized like they were on Pinterest and she had done nothing on Pinterest. And like, then she was in um, kind of like a home decor category. So it just made sense. And so then we were able to pivot her that way. But then another thing I asked people is, what are their communication strengths? So obviously we all are very strong verbal communicators. We all have a podcast, like talking is something we enjoy doing. And so that is where I'm comfortable. I had a client once, she was really like shaming herself. She had gained some weight during the pandemic. I mean, okay, yes. And like, you know, so it feels a little uncomfortable then to get on video, but she was really hard on herself and shaming herself for not showing up on video. And I just asked her, I said, how do you talk to your clients when you meet with them? I meet with everyone on video call on a Zoom, right? And she said on the phone. And I was like, oh, you mean like a FaceTime? And she was like, no, on the phone. Like, and I was like, wait, so you don't see your clients when you talk to them and they're paying you? And she was like, yeah. And I'm like, so then why do you think you're going to show up for free for anyone if the paying clients are not even you're not comfortable there yet. You're just not there yet. So we just took it off the table. And when we, you can take that off the table and then you can say like, okay, to start, to start building this habit, to establish some sort of consistency, whatever that means for your schedule and for you, you need to start where you're comfortable. There will come a time where we're going to push you outside of that comfort zone. But right now that push is just getting consistent with showing up. And so, and show up wherever you're comfortable. So I've had clients who are strong writers. And so it becomes- Where, hold on, wait, yeah. you're, you're leaving me hanging on a cliff here. So where did she decide to show up? Like, was she, she did was she decide to do a podcast? No, she, she did blog work. And then she, we got her away from doing video on Instagram and just doing more like carousel posts and captioning and stuff like that. And so, and actually, I don't know. She worked with me one time and I don't know where, I don't know. I was, I, don't know I was just curious, like how, how the entire like client journey yeah. kind of panned out because I, yeah, I feel I, I was just curious. No, that it is a good question because she, and I don't know, her business was doing so well with word of mouth. Like she had gotten into this niche market. She was a social media manager and she got into a niche market and she was growing like her husband quit his job and they sold their house, you know, so her business was doing so well. So that was the other thing. It was like, she she didn't need to add one more thing, but she felt like because she was a social media manager and she wasn't doing video, 
that something was wrong. And so that's where I came in and was like, it's not wrong if your business is doing well, like you can still coach on all of these things. You can still consult on all of these things. And she's still capable of doing it for her clients. It was just her face that she was uncomfortable showing. Um, and what was interesting is she has a really successful blog that's not related to her business. I was like, girl, you show up there all the time. <laughs> like, what is the, what's holding you back, you know? And so that's where in a long form coaching client relationship, we would have gone deeper into that and like some of those insecurities. But I think it's important for everyone to understand like whether it's something you're comfortable doing or not, you still have insecurities about it, you know? And even if you get to a place where, okay, I'm comfortable showing up on video now, whether I have makeup on or not, it doesn't mean that I'm not still insecure about certain things. You know, it just means I'm willing to move through those things and move past those things because ultimately I'm committed to my goals and like my, my lifestyle and my business and my clients that I'm helping. And then a lot of times I think like, okay, sometimes I have to be the example <laughs> for my clients. Like I'm coaching them to do sometimes big things and push themselves. And so when those things come up for me, I'm like, well, fuck it, got to do it. Cause at least I had to be able to talk about it, you know, like, mm -hmm. and relate to them on some level. Um, but yeah, so that, those are the two, like, who are you talking to? And then where are they finding you? Um, and then I guess three, and then, you know, how are you comfortable communicating? Yeah, I think there's something to starting where you feel safe. I think that that, um, you know, I, I have this, I saw this quote somewhere online. I apologize, I can't reference it correctly, but they said it was for women and it said, forgive yourself for the generations of people pleasing you had to do to survive. And so mm -hmm. I think just being aware that like marketing is going to bring up some shit for you. It's a mirror. <laughs> and a lot of us women, these people pleasing kind of tendencies, these perfectionist tendencies, they run deep, you know, like for the longest time, women did really have to worry about, am I included in the tribe? I can't provide for myself otherwise. So we have these like deep ingrained um, fire signals that go up when we're starting to put ourselves out there because literally our like lizard brains are like not safe not safe yeah. so I just want to reflect that if um, I, I am a person that has struggled with visibility and the podcast was a way that I found felt safe to me I am a verbal expressor uh, Mariah and I work really well together I knew my people like podcasts if I'm thinking about like that Venn diagram it's where all of my things came together and I have found myself you know it felt a little scary but it did feel safe and I've grown quite a bit through it and now I'm feeling stronger to like try new things and it, it's kind of like you gotta we talk about this a lot but like put in the reps and I think it's a really wonderful piece of advice of just because so-and-so is killing it on reels and just because your business coach told you you got to do a 30-day reels challenge, if that is making you freak out, even if someone laughs at you and says, oh, you have visibility mindset issues, honor it. It's real. It's deep. And so like, just give yourself some space and what may feel easy to others may feel huge for you. And that's real. And don't, there's no shame in that. You know, we all have our own little things and it's all different for everybody. So I just kind of want to offer that if you are getting into this and it is feeling like, holy moly, this feels like life or death, it may actually feel like life or death to you. <laughs> so like, give yourself some space and grace with that, you know, go find where it feels safe, push yourself a little bit, and then you'll find that that muscle feels stronger next time. And you can push a little bit farther. But yeah, I just like, I have really gone down the shame spirals around like, oh, why can't I show up like that? You know, and I know that that's the best way to do it. And that's the way my coach did it. And that's what she's telling me to do in all of our coaching calls. But it feels like someone's strangling me. 
you know, that, yeah. that, that's real. And like, sit with that and you can work with a coach or a therapist to kind of unpack that. But there is hope on the other side of the rainbow. <laughs> if you are someone that struggles with this, know that it's really common. And I think we all do due to that kind of like people pleasing dialogue that runs deep in all of us. Yeah. I mean, and that it, and it comes up for everyone. And I would just say like, you just giving yourself time, but that's why we say like, start where you're safe. And that's why I have people do that because it is like marketing is a habit and achieving your goals. If you've never achieved anything for yourself in your life, then it's gotta be, a, it's a habit you have to develop. Like we're all, okay. Speaking to the people pleasing aspect, like if you're not used to putting your wants at the forefront, not your needs, right? Like let's assume your basic needs are met, but just your desires. If you're not, I've had clients whisper their business goals to me, like whisper. And I'm like, girl, say it louder. Let's go. Like, I you know, like it's, I want you to be loud about it. I want you to own it. And it's so Interesting because then, and I had a business coaching call last week, um, and she, the advice I kept getting was to own it and like how often I shy away from my the results that my clients get or this, you know. And she, she was like, "Why are you talking about this?" Like, and I don't know, you know, because I think my whole life I've been told I was an overachiever, and so and sometimes I've been told that that makes other people feel bad because they don't do as well, and so it's like I don't. I don't want to share these things. I don't want so-and-so to feel bad because my clients are over here crushing it. Like, you know, so I just, in part of it is this um, not acknowledging ourselves, but also our achievements where it's like, oh, I, I was the first one to graduate from college. Cool. What are we doing next? You know, and you just like that just breezing on by. And so now I think that's why pausing and acknowledging is such an important part of my process and for clients too, because that helps reinforce like, oh, that time when you push yourself out of your comfort zone, look, it fucking worked. Like, look at what's happening. I've had clients literally say, what did, she was like, I didn't do anything, but she just showed up in my DMs ready to pay in full. And I was like, that's bullshit. You've been busting your ass for six months with me. Don't tell me you didn't do anything. Like it doesn't feel like you did because we made it real comfortable for you. And we got it to a place where it's not graspy or hustly or forced. It feels genuine and authentic. Like you're just, you're just here, you know, doing your thing. Ooh. I love what the fuck you just said. At first, I wasn't sure which way we were taking this because you were like, she was like, I didn't do anything. And you were like, that's, and I was like, she's going to say that's right. And it's going to go into like, like the hype thing of like, whatever. And then you were like, that's bullshit. And I was yeah. like, oh, we're going in this direction. And like, that's exactly it because it is bullshit. You did do something. You laid, you so wrote it till the fucking yes, soil. Yes. You laid, right, you laid the proper foundation, you made sure, like, you showed up to water at least every other day, you know, like, yeah, and it worked, and so it's like this moment, that is so much of what I have to do on the coaching side of things, is like catching people when they are downplaying themselves, and I had a client this uh, I had this one client of mine, I, I tease her about it now because she's to a place where it's like every month I know she's going to text me before the end of the month and complain about her numbers and how low they are. And then every last day of the month, she'll tell me it was higher than the month before or higher than last year's month. And I'm like, you bitch, I already knew this was coming, you know? And so, and I just, 
I just laugh with her now. Like I already know what you're going to say. Um, and that's why checking your numbers is important. And data-driven decision-making is also important because it can help you, it can help validate some of these things. Like if you're at a place where you are creatively and intuitively making these decisions and then your data backs it up, it's like, yes, that's where we want to be, right? Like that's when I, I know when I take time, when I have the time in the morning to like do my journaling and my meditating and my workout or my movement and just kind of like ground myself, then I always get these like nudges in a workout where I have a journal down there so I can write it down. And then if I move with that, like it resonates. And it's just because that is like my, I have, I'm connected now like you know like i have like aligned everything for the day and now we're like moving from this place and that is just i you can feel it and that speaks to the energetics of marketing like you can feel when someone is speaking from that place or like i'm just creating this post because i have to pay my bills like someone mm -hmm. please buy something right yeah 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 you can you can definitely you can feel it and also i'm, I'm just glad that you called out backtracking a little bit like the that's yeah. bullshit thing because like I do that I literally will text Shay and I'll be like I don't know where this client came from and it's like bitch you've been in business for seven years you've literally been like fucking building the foundation like all of your long-term searchable content is up yeah. there what do you mean you didn't do anything but it's like we see that so often like screenshots from like coaches on Instagram where it's like, they just fell asleep and then they woke up and they had pay in full clients in right. their DMs. It's like, what the fuck did they do before that? They right. literally like just signed up for their LLC and then somebody paid in full. It's like, no, they got fucking clear on how they help people, what they're helping them with. They talked about it, they showed up, they blah, blah, blah. And it's like, we're undermining in literally all of these different ways. And now that becomes the new normal. See, yeah. like, um, I didn't put in like, hold on, let, let me backtrack here. I feel like my words are stumbling, but it's no, like, it's, I'm tracking, I'm tracking. Okay. <laughs> it's, um, it's like people come forward and they shame themselves for not getting results from marketing when they haven't been consistent or how I, I like how you put it, like marketing is a habit. They haven't ingrained that habit of marketing yet. And then they're shaming them, themselves for not waking up to 1700 DMs or emails of people paying in full because we see in the online space, people bragging about not doing anything and getting sales. But it's like, yes. where the fuck is the context? Mm -hmm. It's so unfair. Yes, that is for sure. There is a missing piece there. And that's where people... And that's, and I think that this is what we're seeing happen in the online space right now. There was like the pandemic happened, a lot of things shifted online and a lot of people thought like, oh, I'll just go online and make some money real quick. And it's like, no, you won't, you know, like we've all been here for a while and some people can, and I'm not saying you can't, you know, but it takes time. And when you, so you said something, Mariah, which I think is so important before you backtracked where you were talking about 
undermining yourself. And when you do that, that becomes the habit you develop. And then you get to a place where goal achieving is not the habit and not what you're used to. It's the undermining. And that's where you get to where I am now. And it's like, and now I need to talk about my results and I need to own these things for my marketing, but I have such a bad habit of not that it, that is what's uncomfortable for me, even though I can point like in my, my business meeting, she literally was like, I just thought she, cause we'd never talked, right. We've been in each other's orbit. So this is an example too. Like I've been following this woman for a couple of years. I know people have worked with her. I think she's wonderful. And then this year it just worked out. So that's like a two year time frame, right. From when I learned about her to when I hired her and paid her, that's a long time. And so like this stuff doesn't happen overnight. And if she hadn't been showing up, pivoting as she has being consistent, you know, I may not have stayed the course. Like I'm on her email list. And so that kind of pulled me in first. So anyway, as a marketer, I always think it's interesting to be a consumer in someone else's customer journey. I'm always like hyper aware of where I'm at in their <laughs> funnel. And, and so that just, she was like, so I just thought you were like a cute marketing person. Like I had no idea all of this other stuff is going on behind the scenes. And not only that, but like the results are there. And so for everyone, and it goes for every business. It's like, no, you have to talk about that. You have to talk about your strengths. And I've had some um, like newer business owners, um, also a little bit like younger than me. Like, um, But anyway, they have this whole, like they don't want to step on anyone's toes, you know, and they've literally said that. And I'm like, I don't give a fuck about the toes. I think I have a podcast called Emotional Toes. <laughs> I think I do because in a meeting one day, with a client, I was like, I do not give a fuck about anyone else's toes. Like you're not going to step on anyone else's toes emotionally. Like it, it, and if you're worried about that, then you're in the wrong business because you will always be worried about it. There's just no way (laughs) people pleasing back to that. And you know, and I like, this is something women deal with, I think a lot more than men. And so, so there's just so much to that and so much to unpacking that and everyone has different reasons for it but a lot of it is just conditioning 100 and i think you know one thing i am sitting here shocked about is how many times mariah on this podcast have we come back to the importance of claiming those wins um we had a previous guest on this season monique who called it um at the end of a video game you collect a level you collect the points and she's like a lot of us are not collecting our points we're not claiming the win and letting it soak in we're just moving to the next thing and i love that metaphor of like good things i think like bad things can stick to us like glue and then when good things come it's more like teflon where it just flies right off and i get that i get that it's important and i get that we have to we have to do that for ourselves or we have to pay a coach to do it for us because there is no teacher there's nobody that's going to come and like pat you on the back you really have to do that for yourself or get a friend or like mariah and i you know someone to reflect that back um, because it is so important and so difficult in for a million different reasons. Uh, another factor is a lot of us have trouble receiving. I have a lot of trouble with like gathering testimonials and like hearing good things. If for some reason it makes me feel uncomfortable. And I think I have a little bit of Miranda, what you were bringing up of like, I don't want to brag. I have this like Midwestern thing of like, um, you know, yeah. there's that metaphor, like you don't want your to grow too tall above the rest of the pack because you'll get your head chopped off. Right. And I think I have a little bit of like, oh, well, that makes, I don't want to make them look bad and I don't want to brag and I don't want to set false expectations for people. And so it makes it hard for me to 
celebrate myself and sit in those wins because I also have that narrative going on. But I do want to say, like, I'm feeling like Tim Ferriss right now, who I, we've interviewed all the experts of like, what's the common theme? I bet one of the most common things that comes up on this podcast is making space to celebrate your wins. I think that it is so important. <laughs> I think it's very difficult to do. Um, so I don't know, maybe we can hold each other accountable because I can't say that I'm a Jedi master at it yet, but I do think I'm getting a little better. Yeah. It's interesting, like you, you bring up not wanting to create false expectations. And I think that this is a fine line that as business owners, we have to find the balance of both of them in our marketing. Because it's like, on one end, we'll see people being like, share your wins, share your wins, share your wins. But then sometimes it comes across without context of like, my client made seven figures in three hours by blinking 40 times. Yeah. And then it's like, on the other end of it's like, how do we do this morally in like a way that is in line with our integrity where we're not only showcasing our wins, but like doing it in a way that shows the possibilities and is giving context because like there's a thing hype marketing where everybody's like this is what i did my clients are blah 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 blah, blah. and it's like i'm gonna need some context i'm gonna need some fucking context <laughs> there's that fire coming through yeah the context but also the transparency you know like and this is where so i i hire coaches that are transparent like they talk me through their launch process like how did it go where oh you were on vacation for a week during your launch how did that happen and how did you mysteriously make fifteen thousand dollars while you were on and vacation? how was your nervous system while you were on vacation Correct. i need to like, know that how did you relax when you were waiting for this launch to happen you know and so those are the people that i appreciate in the space like the ones that are being honest and transparent and also just like and having these conversations where, yeah, the, the dollar amount is important. A lot of us want to make, we're here to make money, right? Um, but that's not the only factor. That is not the primary factor. And so that's something that is actually something I got coaching on because so many of my clients, I have scaled them to six figures, but is that a promise I want to make to everyone? It's it, because I don't guarantee results. And so it's something I can talk about. Um, and it's something like, is this investment worth the potential for six figures or at least having a business that can support that type of growth? But is it is it a sales tactic I want to use? Like invest this to make this? Like, no, not specifically, you know, but I can speak to all of the clients that have gotten those results. And because it's a lot of them, you know, and then there are those that didn't. And I can tell you why they were not a great fit. And that helped me identify, you know, who is the best fit for the, what I offer. And so I also think there's this, a level of realness here where um, people, I mean, back to the people pleasing, right? Like when you market and I force people to narrow it down and I force them to name a person. Like, I don't, I want you to forget about everyone and just speak to this one person because that changes your tone, it changes the way, the words you use, the vernacular, the messaging, everything just relaxes it a bit, like taking the pressure off. Um, but then when they do that, oh my God, I lost my total train of thought. It's just like, psh. <laughs> <laughs> okay, you were talking about how you make them have, a have one person on one, in mind. One person and when they relax into focusing on one person. 
Yeah. Oh, because then they don't want to, thank you. They don't want to, um, they have a hard time doing that because it's like, well, what about everyone else? And it's like, well, fuck everyone else right now. We're focusing on this one because once you get in the habit of connecting with this person and you remember that there's a human on the other end, like Mariah on YouTube, like you don't see these people. I mean, they might be in the comments, but they're, it's so easy to forget when we're sitting here with the ring lights and the computer and the devices that there is a human on the other end who has emotion and has connection points and has vulnerability. And so by narrowing it down and figuring out which human you're trying to talk to, then it changes the game for how you show up. And then from there, that changes everything else. So like, oh, if I can talk to Jenny about client results, here's how I'd say it in a way that is not like a sleazy sales tactic, you know, invest this and you're going to make, you know, this type of thing. It's like, no, it's just very much so a conversation. Like, this is the truth. This is what's happened. And your business aligns with a lot of what I've seen already. So I think this might be a good fit, you know? Yeah. It's bringing that human back into marketing, which we talk about a lot on the podcast. And it's funny, I'm just going to be completely honest. Maybe I should fucking take that advice of only envisioning one person when I create YouTube channels, because if you could track my heart rate (laughs) when I am recording YouTube video, it's ridiculous. I literally, it is literally, I'm talking to my camera. Nobody is watching me and I get to decide if this makes the final version or not, but it's like my nervous system is like, no, everybody's going to everyone is going to see it and my heart's like oh hell no we can't no oh god oh god somebody help me yeah so that I mean sometimes I have them like cut out a photo of who they think their ideal audience is and just put it on their wall or their laptop and then just talk to that person and that um I had a I have a client she has really um she struggles with a lot of anxiety and so like the visibility piece was hard and then she's also she's a big people pleaser and part of her anxiety is always envisioning like the worst all the time. Um, And so in that, when it came to marketing, you know, it was like everyone on the internet is going to see it and they're just going to hate it, you know, and they're going to hate me. They're going to think I'm a bad person. And the reality is like most of the time we're like throwing a penny in the ocean and hoping someone finds it, you know, and unless you're directing them there, you're like giving them the guide to get there and the spotlight and everything. They're not right? They're not going to see it. And that's why marketing messaging is so important. And then understanding the customer journey, like, okay, if I say these things, where do I want them to go? And like, even you, you all prepped me for the end, you know, it's like, okay, where do you want them to go after they hear this? You know, what's, what's next and understanding that and thinking through that for your person, what's next for the right person, not the one who wants to like troll your videos or talk shit or tell you, I had a, um, consultation recently and he tried to negotiate it was a local and then he tried to negotiate a discounted rate that I have for locals and I was like okay yeah we're done like that yeah you know you can listen to the podcast it's free Mm -hmm. um and that and so just understanding like he's not my person so it doesn't make sense that he would then move on you know where I normally would send people next and so, and if you force different. it with not the right person, 
it's not good results most of the time. Oh, so there's right. something about being able to pre-qualify at the beginning and being able to see those green lights because those people are primed for results with you. And that's how you get right. those really powerful testimonials. But there's a lot of like awareness and boundary setting that goes on at the very beginning. And I think it's really insightful that you pointed that out. Yeah, I mean, that's it. And you have to be, and that's where the graspiness, that's where you really have to work on that, especially if you want the, if you're income driven or, you know, like that's where you can get into trouble where you're like, oh, but I need the money. Should I just, and so, maybe sometimes it's a yes. You're like, you know what, right now? Yeah. I'm just going to have to do it. But I've done it. We've all done yeah, it. I've been like, it's a, you're a yes, you're a yes, you're a yes. <laughs> and then you're like, why was it even, I'd rather not eat than do this. <laughs> Not I'd rather like, take out a business loan and move yeah. into a cardboard box. I gotta go. No, I'm always like, I can go do DoorDash. There's a lot of ways to earn money. I'm not dealing with your shit. Like I have really strict rules, like no drama policy, because you can make money doing a bunch of things, you know? <laughs> yes. Yeah. Oh my God. I used to walk dogs and um, I cut it off when there, this woman, she wanted me to inject her dogs like every night like in their mouth she had a syringe of essential oils that I was supposed to give them and I was like wow we've gone too far this is enough for me <laughs> and this is where it is I didn't know where it was but it's here <laughs> I know how to yeah I can live on a budget this is mm -mm, I can't and she had a little doggy camera it was too much yeah so on that side note <laughs> I love it. Uh, you know, this conversation has really evolved into something I wasn't expecting, but I love where we've gone with it. And I do kind of want to tie it back to, you know, what we thought would be the thesis of this episode was this idea around consistency. And I do think we've been talking about consistency in the sense of like, um, you know, one thing that you said earlier, Miranda, I really liked I, I wouldn't say that I think the idea of consistency in marketing is bullshit. I don't think any of us would think that. I think it's like hyper-prioritized to where we get a little confused about like, that's the only thing that matters. And actually making content that resonates with your right people might matter more, you know? <laughs> Perhaps there could be other things that nourish your nervous system, you know? And the one point you made that I really loved was, at the end of the day, we, we can make decisions about marketing with a data perspective or with like an intuitive energetic perspective. And what I heard you say was like, you prioritize the nudge, you prioritize the intuition. And then when the data can back it up, that's the magic, that's the sweet spot. And I think normally in the marketing world, it's the opposite, right? Prioritize the data, prioritize the rules, the consistency, the do this, do this, do this, and then you get that. And then I have felt when I read your bio and you talked about feeling like you're in the Spanx of a marketing plan, <laughs> oh man, that resonated with me so much because I do feel like we all hear these formulas from marketing and they don't feel right. But the data says, you know, the data I'm getting from my friends and from coaches says it should be right. So I'm going to not listen to what my body's telling me and I'm going to do what everyone else is. And so I think that there's a really beautiful flip here, mindset change that we can like offer our listeners <laughs> around what would it look like to reprioritize and what are the nudges that you've perhaps been getting? What has been feeling like Spanx in full possibility? You can do whatever you want. You, Miranda, are telling us that you have worked with people on all levels. And, and I think with marketing, there's always 10 ways to skin the cat. We've seen a lot of different mm -hmm. things work. And so really the true magic comes from, can you find something that intuitively feels wonderful for you and for your people? And then can we get the data to back it up? And that is really the magic sweet spot that I, 
I, I'm like, I think that's on my vision board <laughs> and I'd love to work towards. So I really like that reframe and I found that really, really helpful. Thank you for yes. just like the beautiful metaphor and language and all of this. You've like pulled together <laughs> so many pieces for me. Oh, I love to hear that. Thank you. Yeah. And also just like the, the rushing mindset, the false urgency and like allowing yourself to drop the expectations and like you can have goals but it's like goals and expectations are different but in the business space it's so easy to intermesh them and it's like having a goal is something that like you're seeing and like that's like shay always calls it like your north star expectation is like putting something in the gps and like if i don't get to the coffee shop that i put in then something's fucked up i fucked up mm -hmm. and that's different than being like i'm down to go to a coffee shop yeah. and i'm not putting anything in the gps i just want coffee and that's different so it's like how can we call ourselves out on our own bullshit of just like, am I setting these expectations to get to a specific coffee shop, like to hit a certain number goal, to have a certain number of clients, to get some kind of result? Am I setting this expectation and giving it a timeline and I have to make it by this certain time? Or am I allowing myself to set the goal of that's where I'm going to go and then allow, like, stay consistent, meaning show up in a way that feels fun, that feels good for you, in a way that is doable for you, and hold myself accountable to be like, this is what I'm moving towards. Mm -hmm. And I just, I, I think that there's such a difference there that we never really hear. And that kind of just came to me. That was a really, that was a really good analogy. It was good. This, I mean, <laughs> yeah, that, you, this is perfect because so my whole thing about marketing, my philosophy is that it should be simple, doable, and fun. And it can be simple, doable, and fun. And I so like, that. that's exactly what you just said. I mean, you literally said doable and fun. And then when you keep like the marketing plan piece of it simple, then it's doable because it fits within your timeline it's, or your budget or whatever the constraints are for you. And then it gives you the flexibility to have the fun with it. And so the, the other thing that was really helpful for me in terms of visualizing things, so I'm a planner. I've literally built a whole business around it. And my brain, I operate in a very linear fashion. Like I, I think, like when I close my eyes, I see a schedule, you know, and I can think ahead. Um, and so I know that not everyone thinks in that way. And that is like a strength of mine, but it was also a downfall because I was really restricting myself and constraining myself by like the confines of my schedule, like the actual Google boxes, you know, that go on your Google calendar. And so one day my, or one month, my, um, life coach, she challenged me. She was like, just like throw out the mental calendar. I've never had a planner because it's like too much for me to keep track of like that. But, um, she's just like, just get rid of it, you know? And so I did, because I know in my mind now, I know what I need to do to be consistent in my health. Like I, so I am a very loose planner. So like it's, if, for example, for working out, I'm like, okay, four days a week, I want to actively move my body for a set amount of time by myself. Like, it's important that I have that time for myself, not with my stepdaughter, which is great, but you know, like not with a dog, but for myself. Um, so it's like, okay, four days a week, that gives you room to take rest days, rooms to wake up feeling shitty, room to, well, I went to bed late last night, so we'll just skip tomorrow, you know, and, but also the, the constraints of, okay, but 
the four days, that's my goal every week because that's how I know like working out for me is grounding. And it's the same with journaling and meditating. And so then it's the same for marketing. It's like, okay, four days a week, I'm going to actively show up and talk about my business with people that I know want to hear it and I can help. And some days that looks different than others. So Thursday this week, um, I'm volunteering here at a local um, like shelter, they have an annual yard sale. So I signed up for a four hour slot and that counts as networking because there will inevitably be other business owners there, but just the community in general. Um, and then there's actually a local networking group I belong to that um, they're doing a volunteer project at a, a food pantry garden. So like we'll be out there, you know, and so that those are two very different activities, but they still count. And that's where I think people discount that like going back to the constraints of marketing like it's not it's not confined to just instagram you know it's not confined like you can go out and network and volunteer and talk to people about your business that's what it is showing up and talking to people about your business and making that connection i love that and i think I'm really happy you said that because I think we forget what marketing is like at its most basic. It is showing up and talking about your business in front of people who are interested in listening. And that can look like a million billion different things. You know, we're so laser focused now onto social media, but like people have been marketing for hundreds, if not thousands of years, right? So it's kind of like permission to open your mind. Yeah. Just You gave, gave two examples there that were like spot on. This can look like a whole bunch of things and be open to opportunities coming from the least expected places because that's how it's always been for me. So how could it be fun? I love that. Simple, doable, fun. So I'm going to apply that filter for everything in life that's studios. <laughs> Cool. All right. Well, Miranda, I want to be respectful of your time. We're getting towards the end. You know, we have a final question we like to ask all of our guests. Aside from farm class, what has been sparking your curiosity lately in life? Oh my gosh. My garden, I guess, is a big one. Um, you know, I have a this is, I don't want to sound cliche, but like my stepdaughter is seven and it's just been really interesting to watch her like grow up and she's a very, um, soulful individual so that she's, I mean, she's always curious. She's seven. And so it's like nonstop curiosity, but just paying attention to how she moves in life and like kind of the things she pays attention to are really interesting. Like she loves the full moon ceremony. And so we were on a hunt for like three months for a cauldron and we found one at a garage sale, like a copper cauldron with a chain. It is awesome. And so this past full moon, we had the opportunity, she was here with us. And so I'm like, well, we got to do it, you know? And so we like ran outside. We couldn't see the moon from our yard and she had her notebook and her, um, mala beads and we went out to the so we were like walked to the end of the block so she could see the moon and then she's like all right hold on i'm just gonna sketch it real quick and so she like plops down on the sidewalk in her pajamas and then i was like all right well let's get back into our ceremony before we go upstairs and she was like well i didn't have time oh her pen wouldn't work i'm like well that's fine you know <laughs> these cats are hilarious they're so big <laughs> So anyway, I'm like, let's just go back. It's okay. Your pen didn't work. And she turns to me and she said, that's right. I know mother goddess is always in my heart. I'll never forget her. I was like, where did you come from? Why is she the coolest child I've literally she, ever heard of? She just, she just meant it. And it, it was like, you know, she just says the she, most. She's like, of, yeah, duh. Yeah. Duh. She, duh. Yeah. Like oh, mother goddess is in my heart, you know, like. 
no problem. She's always with me. Oh my God. And you're like, actually, I need that pen. I'm I'm gonna have to write that shit down. Yeah, I did. I wrote it down because and then like some of the things she wrote down to burn were like really profound too, you know. And so these I think kids are a great source of curiosity and inspiration. And just to leave with one more metaphor, but like when you think about kids playing and experimenting, like you don't overcomplicate the process. You don't suck all the fun out of it with a bunch of rules. I mean, some people certainly will, but you don't um, hover over them, right? To like interrupt their creative process. At least in our house, we're very hands-off unless it's like a parent needs to be there, but um, it's kind of like, all right, yeah, go crazy. And in here are the boundaries. Like you keep the paint on the table. You don't get the paint on the dog or the wall. Like, you know, and you create this little boundaries, but that's how marketing is too. It's like, all right, here are the boundaries. Here are the parameters. Go forth and have fun. And if you fuck it up, oh, well, like, you know, well, you wouldn't ever micromanage a child out of that experience. Well, I don't want to say ever. Like, I'm sure we've all experienced people that have, right? But like, it hinders their creative process. So it's more helpful if you can kind of go hands off and let them fail and let them figure it out and make a mess. And that's where I, th- I think a lot about like marketing from a child's perspective sometimes, cause it's like, would I be this mean to rebel if she messed something up on her first time? Like the way I'm be- treating myself? No, mm-hmm. no, I would not. You know, like you wouldn't even tell your best friend half the shit that we say to ourselves on the first try. Um, And I think that that's why doing things like this when you have these conversations or like um, Shay, you mentioned not getting testimonials. I, when my clients are down on themselves, like I'm like, go read your testimonials. 100%. I have a folder now on my desktop. It's like, that's what I'm saying when I'm all, yep. Right. Or go ask for some feedback, you know, and see what people are saying about you, because I promise you are being the hardest on yourself and you would not treat anyone else like this. Absolutely. And so that's, I mean, just taking the pressure off there. So um, I'll leave everyone on. Yeah. I love that. I love listening to you talk. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks. I think there's something about kids and older people, like the veil is thinner and like they're more Mm -hmm. connected. (laughs) You can get some really, we've brought up children a lot lately, Mariah, of like using them as a muse almost for curiosity and play. And I love, you know, Miranda, you have a bigger message around letting your creativity, you know, using marketing as a vehicle for creativity and fun. And that is just such a beautiful reframe. This doesn't have to be so heavy and it doesn't have to be so (laughs) savage and hustle. You know, we can have fun with all of this. That's so light. I agree with uh, Mariah. I could listen to you all day. So thank you so much. (laughs) Shay, I've just never heard you use the word savage before. And I am just like, (laughs) it's my favorite. (laughs) That's making me laugh. Okay. Before we hop off, Miranda, can you just tell our listeners where they can find and connect with you and like what you got going on if they wanted to learn a little bit more about you? Yes. So you can follow me on Instagram at marketing uninhibited. And then you can find my website, marketing uninhibited.com. And that's where I have anything going on and especially links to the podcast. So I have a podcast called the marketing for the uninhibited podcast. Um, much like this, we're having Mariah's on there. We have conversations um, all about marketing, but then there's also like, you know, the solo episodes like about gardening metaphors and um, working through insecurities and how to say no. And so it's, it's just like this, very conversational, um, very civil, very doable, very fun. 
Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, absolutely. I love this episode. All right, we're gonna shut this one down. If you guys also enjoyed this episode, feel free to screenshot it, share it with somebody on social media, send the link over to your best friend, especially if they love gardening and they're a business <laughs> owner, because obviously we did a fantastic job at meshing the two together in this episode. But if something really popped out to you, totally DM us, any of us, we love connecting with you guys. And as always, thank you so much for listening and for your support. If you haven't yet, subscribe to the podcast and consider leaving us a review. As we've talked about many times on this episode, we really, really appreciate the feedback. So please reach out. And until next time, remember that you have the power to create whatever the hell you want. Follow the nudge, ask questions, and let curiosity guide the way. We'll see you in the next episode.